Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris, and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and my MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I launched Master Your Mental to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at master your mental. Now let's get into the episode guys. Hello guys. Today we are going to be getting into something that again, I have not covered yet so far on this podcast for you guys. And as you know, I like to bring you all the best topics, things, tips, tricks, mental health and mindset related. And that is what we're going to do today with rewiring the subconscious. And of course, I have this incredible person who is going to be coming out here in just a minute to dive into this and also share her powerfully impactful story along with the tips and tricks that have helped her in this process of rewiring her subconscious to overcome the many traumas that she has been faced with and to really come out on the other side of moving forward and healing from these things. And I just, I loved this talk. I felt like I could talk to this guest all day long for you guys. And I'm literally sitting here staring at like five sticky notes of notes that I have taken on this topic that we're going to be diving into. We talk a lot about the power of rewriting our limiting beliefs, the power that energy holds in relation to emotions. So the emotions that you feel and the energy that is carried through those emotions and how to start getting more of the good into our lives and how to do that in terms of our subconscious mind, our thinking, habits, patterns, thoughts, all of these things. So I'm excited about this because this is something that I wish, I wish that I knew about years and years and years ago when I was struggling at my lowest moments and my own journey, because this would have really been a huge help to me if I knew about what it was like to rewire your subconscious and how you could even do that and how to start the process in doing that. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode, the tips, tricks, stories shared here. And I love you guys and let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I am really looking forward to this episode, you guys. We're going to be diving into rewiring the subconscious 
with my awesome special guest I have here for you guys. I am joined by the wonderful Sharon Coleman today, who is a keynote speaker, leadership expert, and transformational coach. Sharon utilizes clear-cut strategies and energy work to show her clients how to recreate self-limiting beliefs, radiate red-hot confidence, and become crystal clear on the vision of life. So without further ado, welcome Sharon to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you today. I love the work that you are doing in the world. It's excellent. Thank, Thank you. you. And I'm so excited to talk with you too, because you guys don't know this, but before I hit record, we were talking a little bit and I'm just, I can't wait for her to share her story with, with us today and really get into this topic because it's so, it's such an important thing that I haven't covered for you guys yet. So before we do that, I'd love to ask you, Sharon, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what lights you up. Oh my gosh. Well, what lights me up is helping people understand um, how to rewire their mind and how to live a life that they absolutely deserve living, a life that they love. And it lights me up. And I've had, you know, 30 plus years of amazing spiritual, neurological, business training, you name it. And I love helping people get the same things that helped me and passing it on so that they can have a life change like I did. Oh my goodness. I love that because when you guys, we're going to get into her story actually probably right now, but this is, this is why it's so important is because she took these experiences that she went through that we all have, you know, we all have these moments in our life where we're faced with obstacles, challenges, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, all of these things. But what Sharon did is, you know, took that and put it into lessons to give other people as guiding points on how to move forward. So I'd love if you can share a little bit more like about your personal story and journey and like, how did you get into, you know, doing the work that you are now? Oh my goodness. So it actually started uh, when I was 26. I um, had been hiding. I always say I'd been hiding in a bottle. I'd been hiding with alcohol and some drugs, um, trying to stuff down a lot of memories and trauma that I actually did not remember. I just knew it wasn't good, um, but I didn't remember. And so what happened is once I stopped the alcohol, and the drugs, then all these memories started flooding in and I had no way or means of making sense of them. I was having all these incredible, horrible emotions go on inside of me and I did not want to be here. So I did start plotting my suicide, which scared me so much because I wasn't talking to anybody about it. Um, and I had a two-year-old daughter at that point. So this is a big part of it is that I did not want to be the same kind of mom to her that the same that I had had. And so she was a huge driving force between um, my decision of I'm going to change my life completely going forward in the life of my children. So, but what happened was I was going to commit suicide. And one night I got down on my knees in total desperation. And I just called out to the divine. And I said, if you're there, because I didn't believe anything anymore. I was hopeless. Um, it, if you're there, help me, please help me. What happened is I had my first amazing spiritual experience where I was completely surrounded in pure, unconditional love and peace. 
it, it was the most, now I think gosh, was it an angel because it was the most phenomenal <laughs> experience, but I was so naive. I stayed on my knees for a while. I wouldn't even get up because I did not want that feeling to go away, but it transfixed um, me. It, 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 my entire life changed at that moment. And I didn't really understand how impactful it would be, but I got up and I knew for the first time in years that everything was going to be okay. That was the feeling that I was left with. And then within two days, I met my mentor, Anne, and my entire life changed. So, so, so much deep trauma that had been hidden, molestation that had been hidden, so many things, right? And I, I wasn't equipped to deal with them um, mm-hmm. at that point, but I learned how to um, do that and change my life completely around. Wow. And especially because I feel like that's such a common thing, especially when you talk about, you know, when you were younger, going through all of this and then not remembering this. And then when it all comes back and then feeling completely trapped and stuck and like, there's, there's nothing I can do to recover from this. And I, and you start to feel like you can't even communicate it to others. And like, you feel like you shouldn't, or you can't, but you, you, there's something inside you that wants to get away from it. And that makes so much sense. So, I mean, one thing that I saw about you as well is talking about befriending your fear. So I feel like that is such a powerful thing as well. Cause when we're talking about, you know, dealing with these things and having trauma, sometimes that you can't even, you don't even remember that these things happen. And then later on it hits you and you have these things that start coming back and realizing this. And then you're like, what do I do now? What do I do? Who do I talk to? Should I talk to someone? Like, where do I go from here? Because I relate to that a lot as well with, with dealing with, especially when you talk about sexual trauma and, you know, any, any point in your life. So I'd love to ask, you know, like, how did that, what did befriending your fear teach you in those moments or did it play a role for you in that? It did. Well, what happened is that this amazing mentor that um, came into my life taught me about our neurology and how my mind was working, because I had no understanding of that all. At that time, I still felt like I was a victim. I had a huge victim mindset. Um, I just didn't understand how it works. So she actually taught me that there are these things inside of us. I call them taught habit patterns, which means that we were programmed with certain beliefs about ourselves before we were even 10 years old. And then we just continue to add on to it. So the problem is that they're stored in our subconscious mind and they actually look like a train um, of little synaptic connections within our brain. And so I used to say, I have a broken brain. I have a broken brain. And that's how it felt to me because it was so um, really violent in my brain, right? It was really, I, I, when I say I had an inner critic, that's such an understatement because she was merciless and no matter what I did, it wasn't good enough. I had a lot of feelings of shame. Um, I had a lot of self-loathing in my life. And I didn't understand that if I were to change my subconscious mind beliefs, because it's programming, it's just like, if you put information onto a CD, you're going to, when you play it, it's going to be exactly what it was programmed to be. This isn't like we're at a choice at that level, right? We're only at a choice when we learn how to notice it and then change change it completely around. Most of us are never taught those life skills. So 
my whole life was fear. I was, I was constantly afraid of what was going to happen. Um, I just lived, I lived in such a torture prison. And that's why I reach out to people because I know what it's like to live in that prison in your mind, right? The great news is that we can actually turn it around and use all of that trauma, use the things that just took us apart to put us back together to where we learn the truth about who we are, which is we were made perfectly. So before all that conditioning, that outside conditioning and circumstances shaped who we were, we were perfect when we arrived here. That I can assure you, mm -hmm. <laughs> getting back to who we really are, the person that we were meant to be and created to be. I love that so much because I feel like that is such an important topic that you just laid out right there and just brought to the table, the role of the subconscious in your habits, your thinking. And when you talk about, you know, the self-loathing, the inner critic, the shame, all of these things that are on a continuous loop and they just keep spiraling and then more negative stuff keeps getting thrown in and thrown in. And it's, it's almost like you get into this habitual pattern of not even being able to recognize when something is helpful or supportive or positive. And it's almost like you don't want it you know, like, Oh, like I, I want to stay this way. I don't want this. So I feel like that, that has so much inside of that, that can, I feel like that can help so much with, you know, with mental health related things, you know, if we're able to tap into more of this. So I'd love to ask, you know, like what has been the most helpful for you in terms of rewiring your subconscious when you first started doing this work? I think that the first thing is that this sounds odd maybe, but you've got to step outside of yourself and see your thoughts without attachment to them. Now they're pretty nightmarish and because they're ours, right? They seem more real. They, we've uh, assigned meaning to them. But the reality is when you stand outside and you start to watch them, I call it notice what you're noticing as the thoughts go by, you will start to understand that you are not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Most people believe that they are the thoughts that are going through their mind. And with each thought, by the way, in your subconscious mind, there is a emotion, emotional response that goes with it. And that's actually programmed into your body chemistry. So if you think a certain thought, you are going to have a certain emotion. The saddest thing is that we are able to control that. We are not the ones that are, we are not a victim of this. I promise you. Now we were a victim when we were young, perhaps to get all of it going. Mm -hmm. But at this point, we actually have the ability to pay attention to it and then change our relationship with it from being factual because if you really look at most of the horrible self-loathing thoughts that we think about ourselves and go through our head, there's no actual evidence that they're true. I want you to think about that. Like I sure had one where I was never pretty. I always, I spent my life feeling like, oh man, I'm just the last girl in the door. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. I'm not good looking. I, you know, I had that one. That was one of my pervading thoughts is you're not pretty. Nobody wants to go out with you, blah, blah, blah. But there was no evidence. It was something that I believed people mm -hmm. outside of me would say, oh, you're pretty or whatever, but I couldn't receive it because what happens is we're tuned into those thoughts and we will not receive receive any information that is outside of that perimeter. That's what perception is. So we draw to us people, places, and things that they actually say, yep, see, I was right. Yep. See, I was right. Mm -hmm. See how that person treated me. See what just happened to me there. We're actually attracting what it is that we focus on. 
So a huge tool is to notice what you're noticing, because what you focus on outside of you and your thoughts inside of you, you're actually going to create it. You're going to bring a like experience to you that matches that thought. So when you're able to notice it and then you're able to alter it and say, well, what is the life I would love to live? Because this sure isn't it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would sure prefer to feel good about myself, right? Rather than horrible (laughs) about myself, right? When you do that, you actually come up with a new way of thinking and then you program it into your mind. So it becomes the pervading thought. And as you don't use the negative trains of thoughts, they break off. They actually break off. And so you have new neural pathways that are forging through your mind of the positive. Wow. That, okay. This is, I, you guys, I'm sitting here right now, like writing notes down to like include all of this because everything you said right now is so powerful, so valuable, and so incredibly helpful because there's probably so many people out there who feel like they have to stay where they are. Cause you, it's almost like you get addicted to that, right? Like having these self-loathing patterns, Absolutely. because I know for myself, you know, looking back on my life and thinking, thinking about the way that I used to see myself, the way that I used to see the world around me, the way that, you know, it was almost cl- clouded with just such negativity and thinking about it now is almost hard to imagine. Like, how did I stay that way for so long. And it's, and it's now, because I feel like that's the, that's the beauty when you start to do the work is you're able to look back and say, wow, like these are the thoughts I used to have. Because when you, you brought up such a good point of, you know, a lot of us are not even aware of the things, the thoughts, because they're just going, they're just here. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. And we don't always have that uh, whether it's focus or whatever it is to, to like tap into that and say, okay, right now I'm thinking in this moment that I'm not good enough, that I deserve the abuse that happened to me, that, that these, that everyone around me doesn't support me. No, one's going to be on my side. No, one's going to believe me. No, one's going to protect me. And it's just, it's, it's a ripple effect. It starts to spiral of you start with this and then it's all of this. And that gets so easy to get sucked into. And I think it's so beautiful that you brought up the ways in which we can rewire that starting with stepping outside of yourself and just becoming aware when you have a thought, you know, journal it, write it down or however you want to keep track of that. So I, I just love that because, you know, for me, I feel like something that's been helpful is just habits. And then also, so habits, environments, and self-talk, the people that you have around you, what you do with your time. So I'd love to ask you, you know, in terms of this work that you're doing, is there anything kind of similar to that, that you, that you've noticed in your life, like habits that you used to have, like places that you used to go to that used to be so damaging to you. And now that you're like stepping out of that, looking back, you realize that. So whether it's related Uh, to habits, yeah, I'd love to hear. I think that we're busy. I think that what happens until we understand this work and we start to recognize the incredible, amazing, perfectly born, beautiful person that we really are, who we really are. You see, we wear our thoughts like a mask. We wear our thoughts about ourselves and these familiar feelings and emotion as though that's who we are, but it's not who we are are. I assure you. That's what my, my friend Annie said to me, honey, if you kill yourself, you'll be killing the wrong one. And that thought, I was like, what does she mean? What other one is there? Well, now I live in the other one. So I know (laughs) there's another one, right? But the thing is that I I believe that I, I was so busy harming myself because I was believing all those thoughts. So when you stop 
as best as you can, you stop that behavior and you start to do things where you are self-loving and you are literally filling your cup. I did not know how to play from the way that I was raised. Nobody played. Everything was serious. Everybody worked. There was no such thing as play. I had to teach myself to play in my thirties. I had to learn how to go play and enjoy myself. By the way, I'm an expert at it now. Now they can't <laughs> stop me from doing it. I'm a play baby. But back then I didn't know how to play that. Nobody played in my family. And so we start teaching ourselves these new habits and skills where it's like, I am going to love me. I am going to take care of me. And just very quickly, you know, I had a near death experience 12 years ago and I've got to talk about it because yeah. what happened when I was there is I was really surprised to hear it was just as important. Now hear me equally important that we love ourselves as love others. And that that's all this journey was really about. So if you've been given a really harsh, really difficult, traumatic journey, it's because you have a path inside of you. You have a way of helping people that other people are not going to be able to do because they can't relate to them mm -hmm. because they haven't walked down that road. So I, I know it's difficult to believe, but in every bad, there is a seed of good. And when that seed is extracted and you are doing what you were meant to do and give that gift and that understanding to others as you grow and start learning to love yourself, care for yourself, be grateful for you, start doing, remember those are all messages that are negative that you were given, that you picked up from your surrounding and you were given as a kid. Hey man, they weren't right, they aren't true. Who you really are is a thing of incredible beauty. That's who you really are. Oh my gosh. I, I love this so much. And this is just, this is so important because especially when you talk about that part of self-love, because I feel like, you know, I feel like this, this kind of comes up a lot is that we're not taught that. And like you said, no one is taught that it's almost like we're program more to, you know, achieve this, do this, accomplish this, you know, and then once you do this and this and this, then you can celebrate and then you can be happy, but you're not, then it's almost like you start to realize, okay, so if I don't do these things and I, it doesn't go the way it's planned that I, I'm not loved or I'm not valuable to be loved. Therefore I don't love myself. And when you start talking about the ways in which you can start to like have that self-compassion and grow that because that I feel like, and you probably definitely know this for sure. That plays a huge role, right. in rewiring the subconscious. Incredible because people think they're human doings. Mm -hmm. I am what I do. I am what I accomplish. I am what I don't accomplish. I am my mistakes. I am my, no, you're not. No, you're not. It's simply not true. We are a human being. That means we're a human mess, right? And all the beauty of a mess. We've got our dark side. We got our light side. We've got, we are a beautiful human being. And so it doesn't matter if you never accomplish another thing from this day out. If you ever never do another thing and you spend the rest of your life learning to love yourself, which will make you love others more, by the way, it just works that way. You will have had an incredibly wonderful journey while you're here. Oh my gosh. That 
That's amazing. That is, it's so true and so powerful. And I, w- I want to ask you, so in terms of re- rewriting your own life story, what has been the most impactful thing that you've come across to help you with that? Um, it's actually a process that I do. So for everyone who's listening, okay, when you, um, there's, there's an energy scale that was done by this doctor where the, the most limiting emotions have a very low, heavy energy. So it means that they are dense. That's why people, when they're depressed, they lower their shoulders. They look down They're They're low. This, the energy and emotions that are high are acceptance Acceptance doesn't mean I like or approve of it. It means I accept this as being exactly like it is. It's our reasoning mind, our really good reasoning mind, not the one we're using against ourselves. I mean that, hey, I've always thought I wasn't smart, but there's no evidence to that. That reasoning mind, it's peace. It's deep peace. It's love. It's joy. Do you know that joy is above peace and love on an energy scale? Joy. So it's allowing yourself to be happy. I mean, forget them if they don't get it. I mean, be happy, right? But so what happens is when you hear that negative limiting thought, it's a constricting feeling or emotion. Remember that the emotions that are expansive are the truth. The emotions that are limiting and feel tight, those are not the truth, guys. Those are just signals going through your brain. They are not the truth. So when you feel that you're getting constricted or you're going to cry or something happens and you've got a lump in your throat, pause because you're in your parasympathetic nervous system. You are in fight or flight or freeze. Mm -hmm. So you are either frozen, not knowing what the next thing to do, or you are going to leave run away, which I was an expert at before I got help, man, I could run away from Mm -hmm. anything. Right. And fight or flight. And I, and then I learned how to fight. I was like, okay, now I'm going to be the fighter. I'm going to fight everybody and everything around me. I have to tell you that it, when you do that, you stop and you pause and you breathe. And when you take a breath, you do it this specific way. You breathe in and you breathe out as though you are breathing out through a straw, very slowly out through a straw. You don't just go, "Ah." you're breathing (laughs) in and you're going, what happens is that moves you from your para, from your sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system into your sympathetic nervous system. Now at that point, because otherwise you guys, you flooded your brain with a bunch of chemicals, adrenaline, dopamine are just like outside addictions. They're chemicals that we become addicted to mm-hmm. in our brain. So when you stop, you slow them down. And all of a sudden your logic comes back because you anesthetize your logic, by the way, when you're upset. Mm-hmm. Now you can't make a decision. You can't figure it out. And as Einstein said, and I love, you cannot solve a problem with the same mind that created it. Wow. I love that. Oh, that's such a good quote. Oh my gosh. This is just, I have so many things that I'm writing down and I can't wait to just put this all out there for everybody because like, I love how you talked about those energies with the emotions. And then really like you gave such a good example of actually being able to visually see that when you have someone who's depressed and like, you're talking about like the lowered shoulders, a sulking, all of that and tied in with the emotions and feelings that's resulting from that, I think is so incredibly powerful because, you know, we start to think about this in terms of ourselves, right? Like when we, when we feel these things, what are we thinking? And you, you become more present of it and more aware of it. And that is 
that's like something that no one can take away from you. You know, it's so beautiful. And I think that is just, it's such a powerful topic, you know, talking about the role of the subconscious and what does it have to do with trauma that is trapped in the body or how do we uh, start to connect these pieces? I think that you just really laid that out so beautifully and it is, it's just so important. I feel like you guys are getting just so much value out of this. And, um, Sharon, the one thing I love, I always love asking everybody this because I always got a, a different answer from everybody. And I love it because it's so cool. So since you were on the master mental podcast, I would love to ask you, what are you currently doing right now in this moment to master your mental? Let me tell you, gratitude has the highest vibrational state. Like right now, I know everywhere you look, it's ad nauseum that there's gratitude, but I promise you this, if you will spend even a day and everything you look at, find something to be grateful for. You don't have to tell another soul just inside of yourself. Go, wow, I'm really grateful that the sun is shining. I'm really grateful that I've got food to eat. I'm really grateful that I've got a roof over my head. I'm really, so here's the interesting thing. You create a vibration that is so high in energy that it will lift you out of things. And then, by the way, it will attract more good to you. So if you're grateful for what you do have, more will be attracted to you. That's so, so oh, me, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I do it all day. I really do. It's a practice that I do all day long. I literally do. I look and I say, thank you. I'm so grateful for this. I don't care what you believe in. I believe in the divine. I call it the divine because I've had amazing spiritual experiences. I can't explain it if I tried, right? There is something there that created me. I am not breathing myself. I am not beating my own heart. And that's something that created you, loves you so much. And I can tell you from dying and going to the other side, there is nothing more that that want that it wants you to know than that you are totally loved, totally loved and supported, by the way, not just some crazy love. You are supported all you are never alone. I know it feels like you're alone, but I promise you, you're never alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You just can't see the help and assistance that's there. Beautiful. Um, I love how you brought up gratitude. I love that you touched on that because that is actually something that has completely transformed my life and in so much. And I feel like when you first, if you're someone who's never tried gratitude or journaling or all of this, you might be a little like hesitant, like, Oh, what is this? You know, what is it going to do? But I feel like after doing it for, like you said, and doing this every single day and just sitting here, like I'm alive, I'm breathing. I can see, I can hear, I have a home. I have food that I can eat. I have water that I can, like, there's so much, there's so much. And I feel like the more you practice it, the more you see, because when I first started this, I had a very hard time even writing down like two things on a paper. I'm like, it would take me like five minutes to sit there. And now it's like, just 30 things like this, because you <laughs> right? start, it's so, it's so true. The more you start to practice it and tap into it, you, and I feel like that's what gravitates more to you is when you're able to appreciate and really, really find value in where you are and where you've been despite what you've gone through. So I love that you brought that up and I'm going to say this one last yeah. thing. This is one <laughs> last thing. Cause if you get nothing else out of today, please hear me. What you focus on grows where you place your attention, it grows, whatever. So if you're focusing on problems, if you're focusing what's wrong about you, you will have more of that attracted to you. Please stop. Just stop. Go, hey, the gig's up today. I'm stopping. When you focus on what is good, find the good in you and in everything around you, I promise you it will grow. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. And that's, that's the truth because, you know, I've lived in that for so long and it's, it's true you guys. And I, I feel like you, you know, this too. So, and I love that you said that because it's so powerful and everybody can definitely take something away from that for sure. So I just want to thank you, Sharon, for giving us your time and coming out here on the master mental podcast. This has been such an incredible conversation, such amazing tips that you brought to the table. It was so nice to hear a little bit about your story and your experiences. So thank you for coming out. This has been amazing. I have loved being here with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Yes, of course. And you guys, whether you guys are listening during the daytime or the nighttime, I want to say have a good rest of your day or have a beautiful evening. And on that note, I'm going to end it and say bye to you guys and bye to Sharon. So bye, Sharon. Bye. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com or you can DM me on Instagram at masteryourmental, where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.